the topic today is Pasiton, the exemplary father, the exemplary man. We're going to be looking at the exemplary man or exemplary father passing it on. The topic is what you see. And uh, as I said yesterday, we did some things that we need to connect with. We said that uh, no matter how great your accomplishments, if they die with you, you are a successful failure. I also say it, that we need to define the it. What is it that we are passing on? And we said we need to pass on wisdom. God has given us wisdom. We need to pass it on. We need to pass on skills, talents, the things that God has given us freely. We need to pass them on. We have knowledge that the younger ones may not be having. We need to pass it on. Insights that God gives us, we must pass them on. Vision. Times God gives us dreams. Old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions. When you dream a dream, you need to pass it on to the younger people to see visions. Spiritual truth is when God speaks to us and we need to pass that on. Faith. And yesterday I gave you the example of uh, how I was passing on faith. Maybe I will share a bit of that a bit later. Values. God gives us values that we need to continue to pass on to others. To pass on to others. Um, at times we have land titles which others don't know we need to pass them on bank accounts there are times when people die with bank accounts that their wives or their children do not know we need to pass them on and then I said we need to pass on leadership and this is a big thing in Africa. We have not passed on leadership. And because we don't practice leadership succession properly, we get into problems. As my friend Elon has said, I was a national director of Life Ministry Uganda. And I began to do a research. I did a research on how my past national directors 
in life ministry Uganda had transitioned out of leadership. So I interviewed them, including their wives, and saw a gap in leadership transitions. And so I said, no, I need to transition well. So leadership transitions, handing over leadership. And yesterday, power went on when I was giving the example of what happened in All Saints in 2008. At that time, I was teaching the C4C, the young men who have time before joining university, who are free. So I shared with them foundations of leadership. I think about three, three months, teaching them foundations of leadership, what leadership is, et cetera, et cetera. Now, among those young people was my son, biological, but there was also my non-biological son, Elon Katueheyo, who has been ministering and who is ministering to us today. And so I don't know what happened to him, but I think he, he had a vision of joining life ministry where I work as well. And so he joined the university, became an engineer, eight, Five years later, he joined Life Ministry. Life Ministry Uganda. I was excited to have him in Life Ministry Uganda. I worked with him. He worked with me in the leader impact uh, department of Life Ministry that works with missionaries, sorry, works with professionals and executives. Helped pass on number of things that God was showing me as an older staff. And then I shared with the team, the national leadership team, then that again in two years, I need to step down. I need to hand over. But then there's a home to hand over too. I said, there is a young man. And so July 1st this year, I handed over leadership to Elon Katwehill, who I had mentored. And now he is my leader in leader impact. I'm now leading without a position. I'm leading with influence, leading functionally. And yesterday I told you that Nelson Mandela was very, very effective when he was outside of the leadership position because he was leading with the influence. I continue to mentor. He has eyes on. He has hands on. But I continue to help him with a number of things. We must pass on leadership. Same thing as I was handing over the Ministry of Life Ministry Uganda. Handed over and then continued as staff of life ministry. Today, we need to see when to pass it on. When do we pass it on? 
something that I should have dealt with yesterday. When the children are young, it is important to pass it on. The Bible says, train a child when he is young. When he grows up, he will not depart from that path. When they are young, I realized that when they are young, I used certain leadership styles. When they are young, I was using directive leadership style. For example, I would say, no, Paul, don't do that. This is what you do. I was directing. These young people are now old. I no longer use directive leadership style because the situation has changed. I mentor using participatory leadership style as they grow up. So you need to know when to change the leadership style even in your mentoring relationship. Even in your mentoring relationship. You need to identify learning moments. There are times when you sense that somebody wants to learn. There's something, you see a certain yearning. How do you do this? How do you do this, daddy? How do you do this? It's a learning moment. Identify those moments and please use them. It could be in the organization that you work with, where you find people who are yearning to learn. Yesterday, I called them fat people, faithful, available, and teachable. Once you realize teachability, move ahead and equip. There's a sense in which we also mentor or pass it on all the time. Because all the time they are learning from you, both in the private and in the public. You remember a story I shared in All Saints some time back of a family, of a man who was quarreling with his wife. And the children were watching. And uh, it was a, a tense moment in the house. The environment was very toxic. And then a visitor knocks on the gate. They go to open for the visitor. Of course, they change their, their faces and as though everything is fine. The visitor comes, they serve him tea. The children were watching. They serve him their faces. I mean, they couldn't communicate that there's been any problem after the conversations after the visitor had gone. The man of the house said, where did we stop? The children saw a lack of integrity. The husband or the father was not exemplary. He was a chameleon changing. He lacked integrity. So we need to identify those times when we need to engage those fat people, the faithful, available, and teachable.
Let us now go in depth in terms of passing it on as an exemplary father or man, which is really the topic for today. First of all, we need to understand in order to pass it on, in order to influence, you need to earn, you need to earn the rights to pass it on. You must earn, you need to earn the right to pass it on. Before you earn that right, you'll be walking without followers. When I'm teaching leadership, one of the things I say that a leader is someone who has followers. If you has no, no one following you, you're simply taking a walk. You must, even as a father, even as an organization leader, whoever it is, you need to earn the right to pass it on. Others try to earn the right of passing on, passing it on using a stick. You must follow me. I have authority. That's a wrong authority base. Others use a carrot. If you do this, I will do this. Follow me so that I give you this. That one is called transactional influence or transactional leadership. That one, that's what the politicians use. Give me votes and I give you a rod. I will give you a bridge, it's a transaction. It's not the best. I call that carrot leadership or carrot influence. But really the best form of leadership, of influencing others, causing them to follow you, to want to follow you. They don't have to follow you because they have to. You want them to follow you because they want to, because they love to. How do you do that? You use, instead of a stick or a carrot, you use your heart. People begin to follow your heart. They connect with your heart. How? If you're a person of integrity, people will follow you. A person of integrity who is not changing from time to time, who is trustworthy, you will be followed. Let me give you the example of Karl Marx. His father was Jewish. He used to go to the synagogues, and that's what the child, the boy Karl Marx knew. Eventually, Karl Marx moved to Germany. When he went to Germany, because he wanted a job, he realized that he needed to become a Christian in order to get the job. So he became a Christian. 
and actually baptized young Karl Marx at age six. And he became a Christian. Karl Marx was confused. How is it that my father is moving from Judaism to Christian? This thing does not work. Religion does not work. He went to, to libraries, to libraries, to find out a philosophy that would guide people. That's how communism, Marxism came, a godless ism, because the father was not consistent. The father lacked integrity. To pass it on, you need to have integrity. You need to be consistent. You need to be predictable. You need to be trustworthy. You need to be the same in the private as you are in the public. Let the children see you when you are angry. Let them see you when you are not angry. Let them... One time I was teaching how to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I used two fruits. I had an orange and I had a lemon. So I said to the class, what fruit is this? The fruits were about equal size. I said, what fruit is this? Some said orange, some said a lemon. I said, let us find out what it is. I had a glass. I cut what they thought was an orange, so it was, it was a lemon. I cut it. After cutting, I squeezed it. After squeezing, I tested. Guess what? It was bitter. It was bitter. It was the lemon. Then I got another fruit, which some thought was a lemon. I cut it, I squeezed it, I tested the juice. It was sweet. Wow. I said, this is how you know. You know them by their fruits. You know them by squeezing. Then I asked the class, what is it that comes out of you? when you are squeezed, when you find yourself in a squeezing environment, is it love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control? What is it that comes out? Because it is what is inside the fruit that comes out when you are squeezed. When you're driving your car or whatever it is, and the border, border man crosses, and then he points, he, 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 he zigzags in front of you, and then he points at you that you have no knowledge, and he begins to abuse you. What is it that comes out when you're squeezed by that circumstance? We should be the same in the private as we are in the public. When we are squeezed, let sweetness come out.
Let sweetness come out. Let your children, let the people you follow, let them see the sweetness that comes out of you when you are in an environment that is toxic, an environment that is not pleasant, they will begin to admire you. I've been reading books on how to bring transformation because my, 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 my PhD was based on the transformational theory. How do you bring change? I realize you bring change as a leader. Number one, if you are a person of integrity, if you are followable, if you are admirable, and therefore earning the right to pass it on requires that you have integrity, that you grow in integrity. The question is, what do you need to do practically to ensure you're a person of integrity? I'm going to spend some time here because this is very important. To grow into a person of integrity, you need to be accountable to others. Accountable. When I was the national director of Life Ministry Uganda, I had three people to whom I was accountable. They would ask me tough questions. Hmm. You said you went to the village with a ministry car. Who paid for the fuel? So you need to be a person of integrity in order to pass it on, to earn the right to pass it on. To pass it on. Secondly, to earn the right to pass it on, you need to increase your competencies. You need to increase your competencies. Let us read 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verse, verse 14 to 16. 1 Timothy 4, verse 14, 16. This is what Paul says to Timothy, whom he was mentoring. 1 Timothy. He says, Verse 14, do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. In other words, your progress, if you are diligent in these things, 
your progress in these things, your progress in the word, your progress in your competencies will help others move forward. In other words, when you go deep in the things that God has called you to be diligent into, you will cause others to follow you. I don't want to, let me repeat it. No problem. I remember I shared with a number of you how Andrew, our son, asked me to teach him a certain question in mathematics which he brought to me. He knew I was a mathematics teacher and he was in P7 at that time. I tried to solve the thing, the thing refused. Why? Mathematics had changed, but I hadn't changed. Warren Wasby says, if you want to lead, continue to read. If you want to lead, continue to read. Increase your competencies to earn the rights to be followed. Be forward-looking. Be forward-looking. Proverbs 29, 18. In other words, sense of vision. Where there is no vision, there is restrained meandering. People meander where there is no vision. Inspire others. Speak from heart to heart. Not from head to head. Be an inspiration to others. I don't have time to go through this, but let me tell you about a man in, who, who, who was able, he, 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 he couldn't speak very well. I mean, he, he was dumb, kind of. He couldn't speak. He, could, he was stammering. And he and others were told to sell Bibles door to door. And people went to sell Bibles. This man who was stammering, he went to places and sold all his Bibles and came back. Before others did, they asked him, how did you do that? And he said, when I go to, 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 to a door, I asked, do, do, you want me to, to, to read it for you or you, you, you will buy? People just bought Use your talent. You use whatever you have. If, if, if somebody who is tamarind can do that and inspire others, how about you who can speak properly? Example of my dad, Alon Ruhokia, as a mentor, he blessed others and he was blessed. And I learned from him to bless. He said when he was young, he saw an old woman in the road and he was carrying Jewish. This old woman asked for some Jewish. My father, as a young boy, gave him Jewish, gave her Jewish. The woman blessed him, said, go and produce. 
May God bless you, etc., etc. Then he reached the place where he was supposed to take the Jews. He told them, I found an old woman and I gave her some. That's why it is less. They said, you did a good thing. And my father was blessed. Was blessed. God blessed him with 15 children. Actually, 16 children. And he was very, very rich. He was a teacher. Actually, he was a vernacular teacher. I don't know what will be the equivalent today. And he was a writer. I have some of his unpublished writings. That's why one of the reasons I am a teacher, I am a writer, I admired my dad. I admired my dad, a teacher, a writer. He accepted Christ. And actually he was the first in my clan to accept Christ. And then he raised the family altar at 8 a.m. Sorry, 8 p.m. daily, 8 p.m. daily. He would sound the drum and that drum would notify everyone who was in the kitchen, who was in the crowd, it's time to pray and would come to pray, 8 p.m. And he would lead the family in prayer and reading the word. When it came to time to pray, I had never seen my prayer, my dad praying seated. Mm -mm. He would pray either standing or kneeling down. He had godly fear. Guess what? At 8 p.m., for us, we don't beat a drum, sound a drum, but 8 p.m., we have an altar. We pray. Guess what? One of our children, I believe there are a number of them, said, I'm going to do the same as I have seen you, dad, you do at home. I'm also going to have an altar. So we pass it on. We pass it on. Me, I was seeing the example of my dad, a visionary, hardworking farmer. Very hardworking. In 1989, I think he was eighth in the district. If eighth in the district in the country, I've forgotten. Hardworking farmer. It is his vision, big vision, seeing big things that influenced me when I became a national director of Life Ministry Uganda. Because of the big vision I was seeing in my dad, I was just thinking big. I bought land for Life Ministry Uganda, over 2,000 acres, over 2,000 acres with a land title. I was dreaming big. I was thinking big. My dad passed it on to me. He kept tight. He kept tight. He told us when he turns 80, uh-uh, he don't want he does he didn't want to go beyond 80. So when he turned 80, he told all of us in Kampala, those who were pre prepare your meal, we're going to eat at such a time. And so it was prepared in every home and we ate at that time. 
And then a few days later, when he typed, turned 80, he went and said bye to people in town. Following the day, he died. He knew how to keep time. In fact, if you told him that we are going somewhere at eight, he'd be ready by seven. An hour later, with heart, his heart ready, he never wasted time. I try to do that most of the time. I'm usually not late. I come early because I was mentored by my dad. Examples of leaders I admired. Organizational fathers in the campus crusade for Christ or life ministry of Uganda. Some examples. Maybe some of their things will help you. The things I learned from them. There was a leader called Sam Kimball. He's now with the Lord in heaven. A very, very humble leader. At one time, as a young staff, he invited him in his office. He said, Peter, come to my office. And I was wondering, what is he going to do? To he said, I want you to pray with me. So we pray together about a certain issue. Very humble. He was a man of the word, memorizing scriptures. One time we were driving to Ginger. He said, let us memorize scriptures. He said, which scripture have you been memorizing? I said, James 3.17. He said, let us read together as he was driving. The wisdom from above is, I mean, we did it together. And on the way, very humble man, he would buy a maze, eh? national director, and would enjoy it together. Very humble man, a good mentor. He's one who mentored me in the world. So when we reached Ginger, all the staff gathered together. He said, I want somebody to memorize at least two scriptures or three. If you are there, stand up. And I stood up and I memorized and I, the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. He was a very good mentor. Another good mentor is called Della Dadevo Professor. Very knowledgeable. He was a researcher. He knew a lot of things. So when he was discipling me, no, no sorry, when he was um, orienting me as a national director, I would see him buy Vision for Africa, a book. I would also buy it. He buys his Africa cast. I also buy it. He, I was admiring his knowledge. It is as a result of Della that I also went. He's now a professor that I also studied in life ministry. He had a big vision. He thinks globally. You need people who stretch your vision to think beyond, uh, beyond Jerusalem and beyond Judea. People who will help you to think beyond uh, what maybe you're currently thinking. You need to have a big vision. That's why I wrote that book, The African Dream. God's purpose for Africa to use Africa in the end times. You need to have a big dream and a big vision. Passing it on 
passing it on to others. Music, for example. How did I pass it on? I was very musical, and I think I still am. When I was young, we were the best in Western Uganda in singing. Our school called Duhaga. We were the best. We came to Kampala for a competition. In those days, there were four regions, and we were the second. And they announced on Radio Uganda, people who have no shoes, they have done very musical. I love music. I was playing guitar. When I received Christ in 1983, I was passing by somewhere and I saw a lady in a blue learning how to play guitar. My, my heart skipped a bit. I saw that lady playing a tambourine. Eventually, my heart again skipped a bit. I followed that lady. She's now my wife. So when our firstborn Andrew was born. Guess what? We bought him instruments of music, musical instruments. He trained in IT, but now he has his own music. He has his own studio because we passed on what? And even Isaiah, our last born, he's also in the music. So we passed on what we have. Family altar, this one I've already talked about. This one I've already talked about. I led some of my children to the Lord. Others also participated in leading some of my children to the Lord. Studying hard the word of God and studying books. I taught my children that it's possible, don't give up. Because for me, I started working on my PhD when I was 59, telling me it's possible. Even at Amakerele, it's possible. You can mentor others. You can mentor others by being an example. Faith, while serving life means to Uganda, an organization that does not necessarily uh, look for salary to give you. So with faith, the children have seen what is possible, that with God, nothing is impossible. So this has been passed on to the children. Passing it on to others. I think these are my, my two last uh, slides. Teaching and preaching with passion. Pass it on. Daily devotions. I've been giving up daily devotion every year. Sorry, every day for five years. For five years. Pass it on. By the way, in, in mentoring, there is, there is intensive mentoring. There is uh, occasional mentoring. Then there is what is called passive mentoring. This is by teaching you're doing occasional. Intensive is discipleship when you're with disciples. Uh, Maybe when I have time later, I will show you. Use the five E's to mentor others. Environment. Give them an environment of love and acceptance where they know they are loved, where they can grow. Expose them to other leaders. That's why even this time we're getting exposed to other leaders. 
even who are, who are not Anglicans, expose. We need exposure. Equip them like we train people in leadership or others. After equipping, give them experience to test out what they have been equipped with. And after that, evaluate them. I call those the five E's of mentoring. Passing it on, like Jesus. Jesus had the multitude. He had the multitude. He gave them something. Then he had the 72 who had less, who had more than the multitude, but less than the, the 12 here. The 12 had more. And then he'd spent more time with the three, eh? Peter, James, and John. And then he spent more time with the one, John. So you need to have, to, 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 to find a way, to pass it on. Jesus' way. There are some who need more, more, and more if you are to pass it on. Um, finishing well. Uh-uh. Finishing well. This is our last slide. There are some bad examples of finishing. Eli, the priest, did not finish well. His children were bad examples. They were eating meat, forcing, uh, forcing the women, even lying with women. Those did not finish well. Samuel, apparently, though he was a good prophet, his children were, unable, were not accepted by society. That's why, actually, the people asked for a king. He was working hard. Most likely, he did not have time for his family. Watch out that you don't mentor others and you forget your primary responsibility, your family. Good examples. David, the Lord, they finished where I don't have time because time has gone. They finished very well. The last question, or the last thing is imagine that day. Imagine that day. Imagine that day. Imagine that day. The church is packed. No COVID. They cause a many. And you know somebody has died. Somebody important. So you enter the church. That time, the priest has determined that uh, we're going to view the body first. The coffin is inside. So people are walking around the coffin and going back to their seats. You come walking around and you realize it, it is you who is dead. Then you take a front seat. You want to hear what people will say about you. What will your children say? What will your spouse say? What will your pastor say? What will the people in the community say? What will the society say about you? It is now that you need to work out. You are error 
so that you can finish well. Father, I want to thank you for the example of the Lord, example of David who finished well and handed over to Solomon, his son. He had prepared very well. Thank you for the Lord who finished well, handed over to the, to the 11. We give you praise. We give you honor. Thank you that the work continues because he finished well. I pray that we too shall finish well, work hard as mentors, doing intensive mentoring, doing passive mentoring, and doing occasional mentoring, being going deep and deep in the mentoring others. I thank you, I praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.